And so, yeah, talking about community, talking about community, um, that is our topic for this month. Our theme for the month is community. Last month we talked about home, and we're sort of expanding the circle a little further into this, this topic of community, which also happens to be our, our, our number one value here. Earlier this year, we um, did a, a survey and poll, and it wasn't really a poll, we worked on it. We worked on it. People prayed about it, contemplated, and, and we took about 100 um, values and worked it all down until we came up with nine, and the top number one was community. And that's what we are talking about this month, you know, there's a deep longing within each one of us to be part of community, to belong. And this month, as we examine this concept and practice, each month we're here blazing trails. That's what our, you know, we blaze trails, new paths, paths that are actually already laid out, but maybe paths that we haven't been before. But we, each month, we're taking a concept and, and expanding examining what we think about it and, and how we practice it, how we show up, how it shows up for us. And by examining it, by bringing the light of consciousness to it, we can choose again to step into a higher way of being around whatever topic it may be. And this month it is community. You know, community is this invisible membrane that we live within. It's this invisible membrane. It's where we play out our lives on a larger scale, both consciously and unconsciously. Now, like last month, we talked about home. Home, could you, you could say, could have been our, the first community, our first experience of community that we had, that we were part of it. And that first circle of community leads us into greater circles until eventually then what we're looking at, we belong in a community, within a community, within a larger community until we find ourselves that we are here part of a community of humanity, a community of all sentient beings, part of a community of, of spirit this oneness, which is our, our key teaching and principle here at Concordia, oneness. Now, it's on the micro level, on our own individual level, being part of these, these circles of community that we, through our individual choices, on how we are being and showing up within any chosen community, that it influences our experience of it. Our individual choices influence our experience, but not just our experience. It also, our choices and decisions and what we do on our, our individual level as belonging and being part of that community, we are actually influencing and affecting the, the character, the context the, of the community of which we're a part. We don't do it alone. We're not alone. And it, through the beautiful alchemy of people coming together, and sometimes it is like that, <laughs> it's not always harmonious, is it? 
But in the communities that we are part of, through the alchemy of people coming together in, in various circles, it unfolds within us, and not just us, but all those who are conscious. The alchemy of community opens us up to an awareness of our gifts and the gifts that we bring, and it opens us up to witness the gifts that others bring. And so as we're talking about community today and throughout this month, this isn't just some unconscious thing. We're talking about on this path of spiritual living, blazing trails in community, shifting our perspective of, I am just here to witness to a larger way of being, of who am I choosing to be in this circle? Community is also a practice. It is a practice if we choose to, um, to embrace it that way. So, you know, one of the um, comedian Groucho Marx, one of his more memorable catchphrases was that he would never wish to be part of a group that would have him as a member. <laughs> and I know I could say, I, I think I've said that similar thing. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't, without attributing it to him, I think I've said that same thing. But yet Groucho, he was part of a comedic troupe, you know, the, the Marx Brothers during the 1930s, 1940s. And here's the thing, we all want to belong. We all want to belong, and it is through our desire to belong that community is formed. We can't help it. It's part of our DNA. It's how we are wired. It's innate in our very being. When we show up, when we show up on this, you know, spiritual beings having a physical experience and we pop into this plane of existence and it can be noisy and loud and messy, but we are, and even from that first moment, we are looking to connect. We are looking to connect with those around the two. We want to belong to someone. We want to be part of something. We want to be held. We want to connect. It's part of our nature. And without belonging, we die. We wither. We experience a failure to thrive. I mean, those who as infants that do not have or are unable to attach or form attachments, there are problems. We talked about this last month and when we talked about home, we talked about how we attach to our caregivers affects us and influences our ability to connect with others and those who aren't even able to make any connection at all. Have you heard, ever heard failure to thrive? It's a thing and it's real. And I would say maybe as an adults, as adults and here coming out of a couple years almost of lockdown and here in the pandemic, I would say, you know, failure to thrive may show up in different ways, but it, it can be loneliness. People are dying of loneliness today. That's a real thing. Our need to belong is so wired into us that we will even sacrifice who we are 
in order to be part of that community, to fit in. You know, Brene Brown, the social scientist, who I love to quote every so often, <laughs> she explains the difference between fitting in and belonging. It was in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection. If you, have, if you haven't read that, I highly recommend it. It's one of her earlier works. It's short, but you get the point. But she says in there, fitting in is about assessing a situation and becoming who you need to be to be accepted. Belonging, on the other hand, doesn't require us to change who we are. It requires us to be who we are. And here at Concordia, as we're talking about community this month, we're not talking about fitting in. We're talking about belonging. And this is something conscious. This is something intentional. She says elsewhere, she defines belonging specifically as this, being part of something bigger, but also having the courage to stand alone and to belong to yourself above all else. You see, belonging sometimes can be actually the opposite of fitting in. Sometimes that's what's required in order to belong. It's to not sacrifice who we are, but to belong to ourselves. And that's key. Belonging to ourselves is key to this whole conversation about community. You know, fitting in means that we're changing ourselves to make other people like us. And for many of us, in the context of spiritual community, for many of us, our experience of spiritual community past has been one of fitting in. I don't know about anyone here. You had to, in order to belong to that group, you needed to show up a certain way. You had to fit in. There were no freak flags flying in, in, the, um, in the spiritual communities I grew up in. But you know what? Fitting in doesn't satisfy the soul. It doesn't satisfy that innate need that we have to belong. Thomas More, he writes in Care of the Soul, he says, soul yearns for attachment, for variety and personality, for intimacy and particularity. So it is these qualities in community that the soul seeks out and not like-mindedness and uniformity. You see, the old paradigm and the old concepts, and this is what we're, we're trailblazers here, right? So the old paradigm is really about us to be part of a community is, is well, to fit in. We sacrifice ourselves in order to fit in. But we have learned, and that's why I would say all of us are in this room, is that we, we've learned somewhere along the path that fitting in doesn't cut it for us. It leaves us empty. Belonging is about sharing our authentic self. And belonging doesn't require us to be the same. Uniformity. You know, tis the season. Tis the season. You know, we, we Christmas trees are decorated and, and displayed. And, and, you know, think about all the Christmas trees that you've ever put up or have seen. Every tree is different, isn't it? Every tree is different. 
with the, the different colored lights and, and ornaments and ribbons and bows and tinsels and whatever else that may be on that tree. Even if all of the, my mother, she liked all of the colors and the, the, the ornaments to be the same color. She had themes every year. But even in that uniformity of the same color, do you know what? Every ball and every light was on a different branch. It had its own unique perspective. And I'm using the Christmas tree as a metaphor too, as a community of choice. Think about those Christmas trees. Did the lights need to be different in order for it to be beautiful? In order for it to belong in that tree, did, the, did that ball or that ornament need to be different than what it was? You know, there are pockets of society in our larger community that, that are threatened by different colored lights and by different types of ornaments. There are pockets of our society that are bothered by this. And they have narrow views on what trees should look like. And I'm using that word should. Don't let anybody should on you. Mm -hmm. But as humanity's consciousness is evolving and growing, what we're learning and discovering, the old systems are breaking down because we're awakening to the reality that it doesn't work for everybody. There are different colored lights. There are different types of ornaments. And it takes trailblazers to, to forge the way, to move ahead, to lead the way. And this is the way it's done. So instead of us waiting for others to, to recognize us and love us and to accept us as we are, then we create our own space. We find our ways to belong. Because what other people think of us is really none of our business. We leave them to that. But we are choosing to decorate a tree where people can belong, be accepted, to let their light shine, be seen for their differences, their diversity, to be acknowledged and recognized for their, their beauty in that diversity. Well, all of us have done what we've needed to do to fit in bringing our consciousness to community and belonging, we're able to blaze new trails. And this is important around community because community is vital. As we've said, it's innate to who we are. It is vital to who we are. And it is through community that we are able to experience as a source. Community is a source for our social connections. It is a source for us to experience that sense of belonging. And so participating in community that are bonded by similar attitudes and values and goals, if we want to live a fulfilling life, it's necessary to be part of a group. It's necessary to belong. Now, what is community? You know, a simple definition, community is a group of people with something in common. And there are different types of communities, you know, just generally. There's communities that are brought together about, by similar interests, that are brought together by similar activities. They're brought together by 
circumstances or events, things that happen to people. They're brought together, a community can be formed by geography. It can also be brought about by, um, let's see here, interest, action, geography, and circumstances. But it's not about a place, it's not about a building, it's not about a room, it's not about the, it is about the people. And it is the relationship, the quality of the relationship that is experienced between those parts. Now we refer to our community as Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. And for spiritual community, and that's the context that I can talk about, that's what we'll talk about this, um, this week, and we'll talk about different things throughout the month as around community. But there are many different names for commun- spiritual communities, right? I mean, uh, it, um, but a rose by any other name. Isn't that, how's the, how's the quote go? Yeah, is that it? It's still a rose, it's still a rose. So we have centers, we have churches, we have, have congregations, we have assemblies, we have sanghas, we have tribes. You know, a synagogue's actually the space. <laughs> I had to look it up. <laughs> like, what's the difference between a temple and a synagogue? I had to look it up. But the congregation or the assembly is, is the community, the people coming together. And we can look at spiritual community through the lenses of every major spiritual tradition and you will find that that community is talked about not just as well it's nice to it's nice to have on your spiritual path but that it is a vital part of your spiritual journey the buddha said that it is impossible to be and this is a paraphrase but it isn't possible to achieve enlightenment without the Sangha, without the the spiritual friends to support you on your path. He said spiritual friends is more than half the path. That was a little tongue-in-cheek. Is it half? It's more than half, he said to a disciple. You know, Jesus said, where two or more gathered, there I am in the midst of, there is something larger that is formed when, when there is a coming together. My command is this, he said, love each other as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And these friends are those that we are sharing that common, that, that common life with, that common unity, community with. Spiritual community supports us. It blesses us and it can challenge us. Also, it challenges us to step into a larger version of ourselves. Sometimes spiritual community won't let you get by or rest on your laurel, so to speak. You know, Dr. Jim Locker, he wrote this. He said, when we come into community, we are recognizing the soul's call to commune with others and actualizing more of our potential to love and to be of deep service to creation. You'll only discover this. You'll only realize this when you come into community. And for those who are on a spiritual path, 
who are seeking to open up, to, to be the place where love shows up, to be the change in the world, it requires us to step into a larger version of ourselves. It requires us to, to realize that potential to love and to be of service. So community is, is not optional. It's not. Now, in an age of rugged individualism, there is resistance. I know this room, if I were to go around here and ask how many people are not joiners, I'm sure it's probably more than half. Right, Nancy? Not joiners. I don't, I'm not, I don't like joining things. And here we are. We're wired that way. But this resistance, you know, and, and I would say that that individualism is maybe not the value that really keeps people from resisting being in community with one another. It might just be fear. Fear of rejection. Fear of not being accepted. I wonder how many of, how much of this resistance that we might have might be just Flashbacks from our home experience. <laughs> I wasn't seen or loved there in the way that I felt that I needed to be or, or my needs weren't met. And then for me to step into another group, I might not experience what I need there either. They may judge me. Guess what? People judge. <laughs> they do. It's a thing that people do. I've, I've learned. Sometimes we protect ourselves from rejection by saying, I don't belong here. I just didn't feel it. Wasn't feeling it there. I don't belong to this spiritual community. I don't belong to this country. I, I don't belong to this city. And here's the thing to realize, though, is that this is a means or a way for us to continue in our delusion of separation. Us offering up this resistance is just a deflection from our, our separation because we are still, even in the resistance and pushing against, we're still in relationship. I mean, you can't push against something and not be touching it. I don't belong there. Well, guess what you're thinking about there? <laughs> Dr. Holmes, Dr. Holmes says that what would happen if we could convert the energy of fear to faith, the energy of doubt and uncertainty into a feeling of belonging to the universe and being safe in it, would not the original artist himself go forth into new creation through us? You see, we can isolate ourselves because of fear. Fear can keep us stuck in separation. But what if, what if, and this is the invitation, if we lean into our need to belong, our need to belong, our urge to belong, leaning into that and putting down the fear to step into courage, to allow our, our authentic selves to be seen. Community, as I mentioned earlier, is one of our shared values. And 
In 2023, actually, our theme is, this is a little, boop, little flash for you guys. Our theme for 2023 is living out loud. Yeah. Yeah, living out loud. And part of why I'm bringing this up, so this is just sort of like a commercial break. Um, why I'm bringing this up is because there'll be more you'll be hearing about some of the special things for 2023 as it relates to this theme. But one of the things throughout 2023, we will be doing deep dives into our values and who we are and how we're expressing these values and what, and what are these values calling us to be and to do um, here within this space and within this community after we put the fear down, putting the fear down. I want to give you just, as I wrap up here, I want to offer you three things around as far as considerations in the practice of community. Because remember I said that we can choose to who we are being in the community rather than just passive. And so here on spiritual living, being conscious, what are three things for us to consider around community? First, spiritual community of itself is a practice. It is a practice of relationship. It's intentional. Now I get, you know, I mean, for those of you, I was born Catholic. We converted when I was seven years old. At least from, you know, my mother was a Protestant and we became Protestants then. But from my understanding, I spoke, I'm still a Catholic. Way down there. So, so in some spiritual communities, it may not have been intentional, but guess it is intentional who I spend my time with. That is a relationship. And through intentional spiritual community, we get to practice being in relationship and being in relationship as mature adults. And as we talked about last week, mature spiritual and psychological adults, then we realize that we're 100% responsible for our, our reactions while we are in community with one another and our responses. And it's here that we can practice that. We can practice that with one another. We do it through our classes, through our groups. We practice courage and vulnerability as we are coming together around this common purpose for a world that works for everyone. There's something else to realize about spiritual community. It's also a source of conflict. And I saw some heads perk up here. What? <laughs> people are surprised by this. And I think that is one of the reasons why people sometimes leave spiritual community with ever, without ever really belonging or be, uh, allowing themselves to be part of it, is they don't realize that conflict does arise in spiritual community. What happens, people say, oh, I don't like, by withholding from themselves and out, without ever really diving into the pool, they retreat. But here's the thing, why, why, how is it a source of conflict? Our, our purpose, Concordia's purpose, is to awaken humanity to their spiritual magnificence. And how do we do that without filing off some of the rough edges, right? We didn't just show up, here we are. Oh, I'm here in all my magnificence just as I am. Well, there is that level, yes, in truth. 
at the level of spirit, yes, and how I'm showing up. I'm, I have some things to learn, to let that light shine, to let my magnificence shine. And, but with community, um, here's an, a place where I get to practice it if I'm going to remain in the community. I need to work through those conflicts. I have a, a quote here, and some, I don't have a slide for it, but Jason Shulman, he said, the Buddha said that Buddhas are those who are greatly enlightened about their delusions. <laughs> they have an understanding of who they are, where, where their mistakes are, their imperfections are. But he goes on, he says, this means that spiritual work is about uncovering, seeing, accepting, working with, and through our own imperfections, not the imperfections of others. So we come in here, ours, our work to do is on ourselves, and guess what? Those who are around us are mirrors, and they are just so happy to show us where our limits are in our own thinking. It's not them, it's us. Now we can use that as, an, as a, ch a chance to run away, but we're robbing ourselves of the gift of this next thing to consider. Spiritual community is sanctuary. Spiritual community as intentional relationships where we are working through our, our differences it can be a sanctuary. It can be a place where we say we are home. It is sanctuary where there's not just room for different colored lights and ornaments. Again, the Christmas tree. We're not just making space to tolerate different lights and different ornaments, but we celebrate them. We celebrate it. And we celebrate our differences partly by us taking responsibility for our own boundaries and our own needs and not believing that others cause us to feel the way that we do. It can be a refuge when we practice this, which is really the practice of belonging. Brene Brown, I started... She said, being, belonging is being part of something bigger, but also having the courage to stand alone and to belong to yourself above all else. Together we can make this belonging part of our common unity, part of our practice. We're blazing trails this month. We're blazing trails. We are creating a place where all can express their holy humanity. And I believe that the work that we do here, even on this smaller level, by us working out our conflicts, by us choosing to be in relationship and to listen to one another, to communicate with one another, creating a sanctuary and a refuge for ourselves and all those who are here, I believe that that is part of our mission, our vision, our purpose and, and creating a world that works for all if we're creating it here. And where else do we have the opportunities to actually be seen and be heard intentionally, on purpose, at your job? No. 
I don't know if they always want to hear you know, what you have to think. I know they don't want to hear me from me always. Or in our families of origin, blessings to you if that is if, if, if they welcome if they welcome you in that way. But here, by us working through these, we can create a community that we do call home. So I want to consider this through the month. What do you think we can do to increase the sense of belonging here? This is something to reflect on. And when I say we, it sounds like, okay, well, this is what you need to do. Because the follow-up question is, that, is, what is your role in that we? In creating a space where we can all belong. Are we listening? Are we communicating our needs? Are we listening to the needs of others? Withholding doesn't bring us into... Withholding is not the same as belonging. And by belonging, we get to experience community. I close, I just want you to acknowledge that you do belong. I invite you to put your hand over your heart. Just put your hand over your heart and just drop it in the heart space. Because we choose where we belong at. That's what we, we start first with ourselves. And so I invite you to just Say to yourself, I belong. I belong. Just breathe into that. Our affirmation for this month is wherever I go, or for this week is wherever I go, I belong. And so let's repeat that together. Wherever I go, I belong. Wherever I go, I belong. Wherever I go, I belong. Turn to someone next to you and let them know how grateful you are. Say, I'm grateful you're here. You belong. Peace and love, everyone. Namaste.